start spreading the news. As long as I can remember, I wanted to be divorced. I'm leaving today. It's it's the Big Apple. That's where I set my pictures. The podcast. New York, new pod. I want to wake up in a podcast that doesn't sleep. Hello, and welcome to We Bought a Mic, a it, pop culture podcast. It never sleeps. With a fun mix of healthy banter and careful critical analysis. I'm Ernest. <sighs> I am jet lagged Hunter, Ooh. and I'm Drew. And um, if I sound congested now, don't worry because these fucking takis are gonna clear me out by the next episode. Yeah, I mean, this these one's Fuego takis. This episode sponsored by Fuego takis. Fucking, I am blazing right now. My whole mouth is <laughs> bleeding. That's how. That's the secret to podcasting. Yeah. You just eat really spicy food. That's why Hot Ones is so successful. It's, that's yeah, why I do cocaine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Spicy. Some, put some cocaine, chili. cocaine is just chili flakes, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know the secret. Well, if you're doing the good pee. stuff, it is. <laughs> There's some chili pee in there. All right, so today on the show, we're not talking Watchmen because Hunter went on a New York City adventure, and Drew spilled I, water. <laughs> Drew just and spilled he's water freaking out about all it. over the podcast no! equipment. It's fine. We're this good. Shit, <laughs> it's all over my phone. No. Is that a new phone? What is that? A new phone? No. Oh no, it's not. It's not. I don't want to get a new phone. Drew's, new Drew's phone. having a moment. This is an iPhone Seven Plus. <laughs> How uh, dare you? <laughs> speaking of Apple original content, now, oh, no. they dropped no trailers hey, this weekend. But there was other trailers that they were, were dropped. They were nominated for Golden Globes, which we'll get to in a second. <laughs> but I just want to fly through the barrage of new trailers that were released this week. Um, they're not all worth diving into. I, actually, I don't think any of them are worth diving into. First up is Free Guy, starring Ryan Reynolds. It's basically Fortnite the movie. It looks bad, but kids will love it, so it'll probably make solid money. It's it just it does suck because I was just telling you guys the idea of this movie is like a literally a uh, guaranteed like green light. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a millennial well, twenty. Cast, it's too. a twenty fourth century Truman Show. Right. Like, it, it had to be made by somebody. It just got picked up by Ryan Reynolds, and he was heavily involved with the development. Because as a star of a movie that he's not involved in, I can really dig some Ryan Reynolds stuff. Uh, but when he is uh, one of the major creative forces behind a movie, I'm not into it. Right. And that's not a hot take. I'm well aware. <laughs> well, he... I don't know. I think he hit that peak with Deadpool. Like, that first Deadpool movie, everyone was like... This is great. This is like a good idea. And then it just quickly outstayed its welcome. You know, it just yeah. it didn't have any staying power. He's a person that I feel like if he would have came around 10 years earlier, his whole style of comedy, we would look at him as a visionary. But now he's pretty much like every edgelord on the Internet. So like nobody he's just kind of annoying. At least this is for me personally. I know kids love him. They love they love Detective Pikachu. It's a lot of they love Deadpool too. A lot of Seth MacFarlane influence yes, in Ryan Reynolds' definitely. work. He's been on Family Guy before. He's like buddy buddy with Seth, mm-hmm. and you can just you can feel it because you're right. If he come around before Seth, uh, the thing is he wouldn't be like this probably because I I don't think that he just wholesale came up with this shtick of heavy. Uh, Dirty humor mixed with pop culture references, uh, my limited jokes that just disrupt any semblance of a plot. Uh, I'm not saying that this movie is guaranteed to be bad. I'm a video game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the it also has Taika Waititi and Jomi Comer, so I guess you'd love to see it to an extent. I mean, I'm glad get those checks, Taika. Get those checks, Jody. You guys are great. Yeah, yeah. Make that money. Next up, Black Widow. Our first look at the next phase in the cinematic universe of uh, Marvel. Looks like a Marvel movie. Pretty standard stuff. Uh, But Florence Pugh is in there. So, love to see her. Uh, What's his name from Stranger Things? Uh, Uh, David Harbour. David Harbour. Yeah, he's in there. You mean the star of Hellboy 2019? Yes. Okay, cool. Cool. It's a Marvel movie. It's, you know, it is what it is. Ghostbusters colon afterlife with paul rudd mm-hmm. love to see him always mm-hmm. how's the um, trailer 
the trailer looks pretty down the middle. Carrie Coon is in there, so I I am just enthralled by her all the time. Um, so hopefully she gets a bigger role in that than the two seconds she got in Widows. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I, I didn't watch the 2016 Ghostbusters, so I don't have any relationship to the whole debacle that's behind this. What's your relationship with the originals? Love it. Love it. Uh, the second one, don't really recall, but the first one is a fucking classic. You know, um, that cast, Sigourney Weaver. Um, it's interesting, though, that this new one is being directed by Jason Reitman, who did... Son um, of Ivan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so his father, Ivan, directed and was in the original. So this is a little bit of a generational handoff here that's happening. And, I mean, Jason has his own whole career with up in the air and juno and tully and all these great films so the dude makes good movies yeah i i'm more not excited but i'm at least kind of curious about it because it is it has the potential it has good names behind it that right. does give it the potential to be Finn good Wolfhard. then again um I I just don't care about all this right. IP grabbing that we're yeah. having. There's a theme coming about here with all these movies that's people who you love to see, but just not in the projects that you would like to see them. Well, IP is just eating everything up, you know, and, and it only takes somebody like Damon Lindelof to trudge into the IP world and make something wholly I think we new. Have to, I think we have to stop you right there. <laughs> or else yeah. it's going to be... <laughs> it's going to turn to a Watchmen podcast again. Hunter and Drew have not seen the new yeah. Watchmen. I heard so Lindelof. I got to stop like, myself. Like, Uh-oh, here we go. My blue dick is rising. <laughs> um, last but not least, Wonder Woman 1984. Um, looks good. Looks good. I love the first Wonder Woman. Mm. So more of that, please. I, I guess. The, I I have not seen any of these trailers, so I cannot give my full opinion on them. Love the poster for 1984. Yeah, very Great 80s fucking poster. Very 80s. I mean, DC is is in a flux period right now between Shazam and Joker, and I don't know. Next year looks looks iffy. I, I think Wonder Woman will be good, but Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. I don't know about that one. I, I think I think what Wonder Woman should have is a mental illness. Ooh. And uh, she should be a little twisted. I mean, inside. that's a good way to get yourself noticed by the Hollywood foreign press. Hell yeah, brother. Great transition. Wait, wait what are you talking about, Hunter? <laughs> <laughs> it's the most prestigious the award show of the year has it's, put out their nominations. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Golden Globe season. Yeah. Isn't that what we all... Isn't this the best award show? Hey, they're hey, all bad. So hey, I mean, it, technically the worst is the best. This by is that kind train of train of logic. I mean, it's it's a more entertaining award show than the Oscars. That's why this is like the second biggest movie award show of the year. Because everyone gets trashed, even if it's nonsense. For people who don't know at home, the Hollywood Foreign Press is like notorious for you just being able to buy their votes and. That's how things like Green Book and Bohemian Rhapsody mm-hmm. win. Uh, granted, Green Book won win Best Picture last year. But Hollywood Foreign Press, they love ass-kissing and they love movies that explain America. That's why, uh, notably, probably the biggest snub on the list of nominees is Robert De Niro. Because yeah. De Niro has, in the past a few years ago, talked shit about the Hollywood Foreign Press. about how, so. About how they're like a nonsense organization and they don't even watch the movies that they're sent uh de niro fucking king yep. in his late late and also life, absolute fucking killer also, guy. he goes on the news and says fuck trump yeah <laughs> so yeah you know. he said fuck in the the anchor like process it he was like i should cut off but it's de- i feel like he's allowed to mm-hmm. like i feel like it's it's canon if he says fuck <laughs> we're like in the cinematic universe i mean aside from from him uh you know mouth mouthing the wrong mouthing the hfpa if he if there was a chance that he would win the best actor globe and he would go up and accept his globe and be like fuck trump they would have a little a little poopy hand on their hands a little doo-doo <laughs> um so they they don't even want to take the chances with that so they went ahead and they nominated the sick twisted mind of joaquin phoenix yeah um who shot de niro spoilers in the face <laughs> it's fine um 
Yeah, I think this movie's probably going to win Best Drama, Joker. Oh, Unfortunately. Oh. That's funny, because I think of it as a comedy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little twisted. <laughs> yeah, I... God damn it. This movie, it's just... It seems like... This award season actually has the potential to be like an all-time great award season. Yeah, and then I mean, we just have Joker in there. Marriage Story, uh, which is our big movie review this week, six nominations mm, for the Globes. You love to see it. That's the most of any movie. There and then is five for Irishman and Once Upon a Time. A couple, I mean, Marriage Story was a big winner uh, with this nominations for its award chances. Uh, bad news for it was that Todd Phillips got a director nomination over Noah Baumbach. Or over is, any woman. Or, yeah, uh, once again, no women recognized. That's yeah. not really a surprise if you've ever watched the golden globes before uh they so don't really stupid. like women um what are you saying speaking about of foreigners little women huge loser mm. i think they got two, two nominees noms. yep yeah uh Sorsha nothing for no, song score yeah nothing for act or Sorsha got it but no florence pew in there no best picture these no fucking, screenplay, these no fucking euros man they're fucking sexist pigs yeah we're so you much know? better in america yeah we got to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Like you watch the Joker, you're like, I get this country. Everything is equal, you know. Um, I, also, 1917 got a best drama. So um, and I'm the going two to. Uh, I'll I'll save it. And I'll talk about oh, it a little bit it. later. But I saw 1917. Holy shit! And uh, let me just tell you now. Um, for our uh, film league that we have, we all fucked up by not putting this movie yeah. on there because this Nobody movie is going it. to win. Every single technical award, oh, and probably yeah. like rightfully so for the most part. Yeah, I, don't know, I really thought about throwing it in mine, and I didn't. Well, because the problem is that nobody had seen it until like a week ago, right? Two weeks ago, nobody knew anything and about it. I don't like the name of it. I think that played into my decision. That's mm-hmm. a stupid name. It's mean, a year. It's it, too long ago that you're like, oh, I don't even remember what happened. Yeah, then. and it doesn't. It, nothing about it says that it's going to be an action heavy thing. It should be 1917 parentheses a one shot film. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I mean honestly. that's that's the whole thing. Like this is after seeing it, I of course the Golden Globes don't have technical awards, but like this is arguably one of Roger Deakins' greatest feats yet. Just that more so than his uh, Blade I, Runner. I I think so. I mean, if you want for Blade Runner, he should win for this, just because there's like whole sequences that are like 45 minutes long without cutting Mm -hmm. and it's not like birdman where you're just following a guy walking there's shit exploding there's mass sets and all these extras that are running around in the background and i i i'll I'll save it a little bit later in the podcast but that was nice to see in here um the big loser bombshell unfortunately uh, uh for me I'm, I'm, it's, it's fine i just because i have it on my list of things, oh you know um, me actually me too i'm upset now <laughs> i'm mad <laughs> this is bullshit um, yeah so for the for the actual film league progress right now colin goody friend of the show maintains his lead dominating 157 points fucking do- what does he have that we don't have I just think he has a good combo of a couple of different things. Uh, his lineup is Joker, Parasite, Irishman, Lighthouse, Irishman, Ford v Ferrari, Jojo Rabbit, Marriage Story, and Dark Waters. So he picked like I don't everything. have Irishman. Do you guys have Irishman? I have Irishman. So Hunter, I'm a- Hunter doesn't. I I do not have that. I put Ford versus Ferrari over Irishman. And I'm actually in second place as of this recording i got caught up in the in all the uh buzz about like netflix they're only going to push one of these movies Mm. and i picked marriage story and it as it turns out uh they don't even need to push them anymore because they're all by like prestige directors i mean netflix was kind of the big winner of the golden globes i mean uh, aside from bobby uh Irishman got nominated for a ton of different stuff marriage story of course is all over the place here and the two popes which very few people have seen. But apparently, one of those is the Hollywood Foreign Press, and God, they love a movie it's set in popes. Europe. Um, it's very Golden Globesy. There's two of them, and oh, and also another winner that was kind of surprising was Dolomite is my name, nominated yeah. for best yeah. comedy. It's not going to beat Once Upon a Time. I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has definitely got. That that. Seems like a lock. I it, well, that's one of the few locks I would say. Really surprised to see Knives Out in there though. Yeah, hey. Knives Out got a. I fucking know. love that movie. I'm gonna ride hard for it till the end of time. It got three nominations. 
you know, that's not necessarily like clearing the board here, but Oscar conversation brewing up possibly. It's it's Daniel almost Craig uh, got a nom. The Oscars tend to not love movies that are kind of self-aware about like the cheesiness of movies because the Oscars are like, no, this is the most important thing you could be doing right. is making a film right now. And these times, you got to make a movie to change anything at all. Uh, that said, absolutely love that fucking shit. Incredible movie. Rocket Man, best musical or comedy. It is, in fact, a musical. And Taron Edgerton has been doing the work. He has been <laughs> he has been out there kissing fucking hands and kissing, holding hands and kissing babies. <laughs> whatever On the, the yellow is. brick. Holding hands? <laughs> yeah, holding, holding hands. hands with who? <laughs> <laughs> Just all of the Hollywood foreign press, man. He's <laughs> holding them all. He's um, holding their hands. <laughs> No, he's uh that was it was nice to see on there. I'm 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 glad for him. That's a it's a fun movie. I was glad to see Parasite actually get pretty yeah. it pretty much got oh, nominated yeah. for everything that it could get. Of yeah. course, it's not eligible for best uh drama because mm-hmm. of their stupid some rules, rules that shit, they have. Yeah. But the fact that Bong got a nomination for directing and screenplay is pretty huge. Yeah. I mean the movie fucking deserves it. Yeah, it's so. kind of perfect. The farewell. Uh, hey, some some weirdness here because Aquafina is nominated for best actress, um, musical or comedy. Some of the other people in that category: Kate Blanchett for Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Yeah, and Emma a, Th- Thompson for Late Night. It's a rough category. It is. Why? It's kind of um, sad. I've, I have it. heard that Emma Thompson is incredible in that movie, but okay. the movie itself is not very good. Yeah, uh, that Kate Blanchett movie. I know it's Ricky Links, who we love to see, but yeah. God damn, it looked boring. Yeah, that tra- my God, that trailer. It's like, how could you make a trailer? Bad. If that's the best moments, Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, that's probably going to be very similar to what the Oscars are going to be. Uh, just because, um, once again, for like 500 years running, there aren't good roles for women in movies. Um, I mean, maybe Florence Pugh will kind of sw- sneak in there for Little Women or something. Yeah, um, I have a big but shout. Also, Golden well. Globes... They want stars. That's kind of one of the big appeals mm-hmm. about their award ceremony. Yep. So they're like, Emma Thompson's great. Kate Blanchett is yeah, great. Let's just there. have her on the J-Lo. show. J-Lo. Hey. She's Love great. She's incredible in Hustle. That's a, I mean, for the Globes, why not give it Perfect to Perfect Globe. Um, I want to I give shouts to my boy who I, I have already sung my praises for on the pod. Roman Griffin Davis. Oh, the Jojo yeah. Rabbit Exception- Exceptional child acting. Some of the best child acting I've ever seen. I'm glad he's nominated for this because he's definitely not going to yeah, get no, it for an it, Oscar. It does, so yeah, and he won't win this either, but it's still just great to see like an actually good child getting recognition for being good because uh, it's they shouldn't even be acting. It's very immoral and fucked. Uh, so, you know, maybe maybe get him up on... Who, maybe get some applause. And, who gets this, this category? The other nominees are Leo. I think it's Leo. Eddie. I feel it's like it's got to be Leo because this isn't insanely strong, to be honest with you. I mean, Daniel Craig, obviously, I would if he got it, that would be insane. Him and him and Leo both are my two favorite musical or comedy performances of the year, period. Like, yeah. they're both unbelievable. They both have sort of similar things going on where like it's it's a movie star that, you know, so well, and they are camping it up in different ways. Like, obviously, Craig more so, mm-hmm. but there's still an amount of camp and amount of self-awareness to both of those movies. Uh, love to see him. I could weirdly kind of see Eddie Murphy winning this. Yeah, if he's going for Oscars. I feel, but also, Eddie Murphy has been, he's he is running. He is right. going for it. Um, he's I hosting mean, SNL. Yeah, he's hosting SNL on the Christmas episode, which is always a good indicator of somebody who's going to be around in the awards conversation. So I could see him kind of doing enough to get the nod in there same with Taron Edgerton because like I said he's holding everybody's hands um, you people aren't talking about Dolomite as much as I thought they might I think the fact movie. that it's nominated is enough I I would have been I'm actually more surprised that that it got other nominations in there because it's nominated for screenplay I think so or is that the only two yeah that's the only two it got uh, so the fact that it wasn't just Eddie in there says that the movie is getting a little bit of recognition. I mean, yeah, it is big to get these. For I mean, sure. guys, we gotta, we need to dump out our white claws. If you're listening, also dump out the rest of your drink for cats, because I think this is the death of cats. 
Sure. Cats okay. are dead. Who gives a shit? Um, Cats are canceled. One nomination for best. <laughs> do you guys want to carve out like a good 15, 20 minutes to dive into best original song in a motion picture? Okay. Where is Renner? We've got. <laughs> where the fuck is he? Honestly, with how bad these nominees are, why not throw him in there? We have Beautiful Ghost by Taylor Swift. Uh, I'm going to Love Me Again, the Elton John song that he made for Rockman, which I don't remember that uh into the unknown which i will say um self-resident to this weekend in the movie it's good mm. uh panic at the disco they are not nominated thank christ um mm. spirit beyonce okay here's my counter stand up uh cynthia revo this is renner there's external audio. Oh. Is that wait? Is it nominated for the Renners though? The Renner Awards. <laughs> well, you'll have to wait and see when I put out my list. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> this is award worthy. I mean, they, I mean, is that that can't be worse than the Taylor Swift song written for every, cats? Every time I hear that, I'm, I'm. It never gets old. I'm so surprised at how bad it is. I wanna make you a believer. Wow, it's like it's like the Man. same cadence as "Fuck You" by CeeLo Green, but it's about uh, Arctic dogs. I mean, amazing. <laughs> well, that's gonna do it for this week's so we bottom <laughs> <laughs> hey, we didn't even the TV side of things. Uh, I think they cares? do. Um, hey, dude, the morning show. <laughs> wow, that's a surprise because <laughs> I've not heard anything good about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah nothing. Not no are... nominations for the last season of Game of Thrones. So I guess I guess our slash free folk can keep jacking off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I we've spent too much time on the Golden Globes. Yeah, and guess what? We're still going to cover it here on the podcast. Yeah, we'll wins. we'll talk about it when it happens. So everyone get drunk and watch the Golden Globes only on NBC. <laughs> sure, that sounds right. <laughs> uh, yeah, with Ricky Gervais as the host. Oh yeah, Ricky Gervais is sometime in mm. January. Uh, January fifth. Hey, that's my dad's birthday. Look at that. You can get together Happy with dad birthday, and watch dad. some Golden Globes. Yeah, he'll probably be rooting for the Irishman. He uh, he liked that. Actually, no, he might be rooting more for Once Upon a Time. Well, they're competing in different categories, so you can root for both. Anyway, let's get to this week's catch-up. Before Hunter goes into his whole uh, New York City adventure, um, let's, uh, let's put five minutes on the clock. Mm. And I am going to hey, run Google, down. Hey, Google, put five minutes on the clock. <laughs> <clears throat> One, two, three, four. Hey, Google, five. shut up. <laughs> Do it quietly, Google, you stupid-ass bitch. One, two. Three, so I saw four. a whole bunch of things. <laughs> a whole bunch of things this week. Actually, some of them are last week, uh, leading up to our review of The Irishman. Um, I wanted to get a little bit more into a, a Scorsese conversation, but that movie, there was a lot to talk about, and we got pretty lit during the, the pod. I recommend you listen to it and check it out. Um, Did we get lit? A little bit. I can't remember a little any bit. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember any pod we do. I black out well, all the time. Well, two quick things before I shout out some Scorsese stuff. First, I saw Waves. Yeah, really blew me away. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a lot of a yeah. movie. It's it's not a movie that I would recommend to everyone because it, it was a very overwhelming experience. But the movie goes places that you don't expect. It, it the story takes some some turns that I couldn't have possibly predicted, and that alone kept me very engrossed. And also. Th- there are these visceral emotional moments that just really captivated me. So I, I think it might make my top 10 of the year. It's definitely worthy worthy. And it's just, it just felt like a special movie. It felt very unique, very original. Um, Trey Edward Schultz waves. Please check it out. Yeah. I, I quickly on that. I know I shouted out already. I really, Drew, you need to watch this so we can carve out some time for a spoiler discussion because there's a lot to dive in on that movie. I try to be as generic as possible because I think that it is a movie that is better as you know as little as possible about it going into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's masterful. I think that yeah. I, it's it's definitely one of my favorite movies of the year. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, next, La La Land. I rewatched it on Thanksgiving. Moonlight one. Shout out to my sister for talking shit about La La Land the whole time I was trying to watch it. I'm like, I'm trying to watch this movie. The f- what the fuck does she like? Well, so because she's a theater. Girl. She likes like the Music Man. Yeah, <laughs> and so apparently she's really into Forty Second Street. Apparently, La La Land is not a good musical. No, I mean I can see that. Yeah. It's a good movie though, but and that's what movie. it is. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, it is just good to watch. Right, tragically. Yeah, hate and, to see that. And I, uh, I just found it. You know, we're we're almost three years removed from the release of La La Land, and I just find it to be very rewatchable, very comforting little movie. I mean, it does end kind of sadly you know a little melancholy ending but it's it's just like a warm blanket of a movie it's i it, in my opinion it is full of uh little uh mis- not mistakes but just things that that don't quite gel you know it's like some of the john legend stuff is a little shaky uh but the the sheer craft of it that ending Man, that whole mm, that sequence one of my one of the best sequences in any movie. It will, this decade. You know what the thing of it is because it is a montage that covers so much emotional ground. It's like the beginning of like an up. Yeah. Um. Or what's the other one that has the beginning that just knocks you out and then the rest of the movie is like not as good. Um. I don't know. I, there's Wally? a few different like Pixar type movies. That it's just that mold. But it's at the end, which in my opinion is a better move, right? Because even if you're like, you know, this is an eight so far, then the end hits you, and you're like, oh my god! Well, but the opening of Lawland is fucking masterful that, too. Oh man, that one take on the yeah. on the <laughs> the freeway it's, is it's incredible. So, uh, not a perfect movie, but very rewatchable, very comforting movie for uh, the holiday season. All right, two. Scorsese's that I really wanted to shout out last week, but we didn't quite have time. First, Raging Bull, mm-hmm. which is now streaming on Netflix. I had never seen this movie until recently. It is so fucking good. It might be De Niro's best performance. Um, I I was just really captivated by what he's doing. And also Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci, Joe Pesci is great. He's so good. He is, he's amazing. And, and a lot of it is like, you know, I talk about certain actors who are just gifted with, like, captivation. He just has a voice that is just goddamn golden. I We didn't even talk about how him and Al Pacino were both nominated for Best Supporting yeah. Actor. Who, Globes, who's going to get I mean, it? Uh, I'd say Pacino. I'd say Pacino. Pacino is the more showy performance. But, but I feel like I, Pesci, mm. Pesci is just like, we may never see Pesci ever again in a movie. So they might just give it to him. How yeah, old, Expendable how Six is coming out next year. He's been. I feel like he's been <laughs> we'll like Pacino. Pesci was fifty for thirty years, and now he's like eighty. <laughs> <laughs> I I love. I actually I just watched that movie. He's seventy six. Yeah, I just watched Raging Bull for the first time uh, recently too, leading up to The Irishman. Um, and I really enjoyed it. It's a hard movie to watch. Yeah, I mean, um, he's a violent guy. There's he has a some fucking problem. There's kind of some parallels between Raging Bull and The Irishman, especially where the character ends up in both yeah. of those movies. Looking back um, on a life of just aggression. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a good. It's kind of masterful the direction of it. Even if I have problems with the yeah. story itself. The boxing scenes alone are yeah, just it's... so forceful and erratic and they they put you in this almost claustrophobic space in mm. that ring. Um it's on Netflix right now. Sometimes these classic movies don't stay on Netflix long. So I would I would recommend checking it out. Approaching oh, four minutes. If I can uh, if I can shout out one other um Scorsese movie really quick that's also on Netflix for people to check out is Mean Streets. I just saw that for the first time. Yeah, that's uh, also a couple De weeks Niro. ago. And yeah, another good De Niro performance. Harvey Keitel is great in it as yeah. usual. But they yeah. should have make made uh De Niro and the Irishman look like De Niro and Mean Streets. I'd be into that. Yeah, because that would have been more convincing. Um, anyway, The Wolf of Wall Street is quite possibly one of the most uh, intense, funny, and uh, uh, risky movies I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I remember we saw it way back in the in the day when we were in college, and yeah. I was pretty floored by it then, and I was pretty floored by it again. I think uh, that the first time it. we saw it, uh, I was high on drugs, and then I rewatched it, and I still felt like I was high on yeah. drugs. Um, I think the, the movie does have some fair 
criticisms um, to be made in terms of just the excessiveness of it. But that's the point. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yes, there is a lot of debauchery and drug use and naked women and all and illegal things. But Scorsese is trying to make a point with it. He's yeah. trying to show you a life of excess and it has to be exhausting. And it's it's like any other show that gets shit for being uh, toxically masculine where like you can absolutely watch that movie or watch Breaking Bad or watch or read Catcher in the Rye or watch Rick and Morty and come away thinking that bro that lead was so fucking cool dude yeah but then you're just stupid right. so why why uh critique the movie based on the dumb people who watch the movie well it's I, the same with Rick and Morty why would you do that why don't you just watch the movie I feel like um Wolf of Wall Street and the social network have both aged in interesting ways where when they came out, one of the criticisms against it was just like, well, why would I want to be like this person? And now it's people are kind of realizing, like, hey, that's the point is that you don't want to be like this yeah. guy. When I was in New York, I was on the subway one day, and I saw, like, some fucking Jordan Belfort motherfuckers that were, like, there just talking, like... Were they making they were fun of you for clearly... wearing your, your clown costume, and then you <laughs> shot them? I shot them, yes. I shot them dead. And then I incited a clown riot, and I, I killed somebody's parents. I don't really remember that part. But Honestly, I, me neither at I this point. Out. There were yeah. pearls flying I, in the air at some point. <laughs> um... But yeah, no, it, it's it's kind of incredible that I I think that that is one of the best movies of the decade. It's yeah. definitely my favorite Scorsese movie that he's made probably this century. Well, it feels like yeah. I, Scorsese yeah. trying. I it's it's kind of weird to say this, but it's kind of like Scorsese trying to make a point about his age in a completely different way than irishman it's it's like him saying like i still fucking got this Mm. like i'm still martin fucking scorsese you thought i was an old fuck yeah no i can do do, things that nobody else can i can do goodfellas with more energy yeah and longer yes more (laughs) and make it better yeah i i really recommend the the rewatchables they just did a whole episode on this movie and they go they go in and there's there's just so much to chew on with this movie Everything that so many Jonah great Hill, sequences in everything this movie. that Jonah Hill is doing, I'm completely in love with. The Matthew McConaughey sequence is fucking iconic. This might be the best Leo, maybe. This might be the best Leo performance. It's I love Leo him. at his most Leo. I love him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I, I, it's hard to kind of compare the two performances because they are so different. But I think they're both roles that I couldn't picture a single other person right, doing. Right. You know what I mean? Like we were talking about uh, Once Upon a Time originally being like Hanks or not Hanks, but Cruz and someone else. Yeah. And it was just like, no, 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 no. It's Leo. It's Leo and it's Pitt. Don't stop telling me these things. Especially the Pitt role. That I mean, I could maybe see somebody else. It, as it Rick has Dalton. to be someone who really fucks to be Pitt. Yeah. Like you have to really fuck because he doesn't fuck once in the movie, but he fucks all over all of us in that movie. <laughs> He's fucking everywhere. You know what's funny about uh, that year in 2013 is it was like the two most Leo performances ever between Jordan Belfort and Jay Gatsby, mm. and only oh, one of them yeah. is age. Both of them are 2013 movies. That are like I didn't love Gatsby in the moment either. I not a big fan. I Great Gatsby is my favorite book of all time, and uh, I it's unadaptable into a good movie. That's I went to see the it. midnight premiere and I fell asleep, and I'm just like, nah, I got the. I feel like it. it's Great Gatsby featuring Jay Z. <laughs> I think the biggest problem is Baz Luhrmann, uh, like the like technology uh, caught up with his shtick of like these crazy shots that like move through space yeah. so insanely flying camera yeah shit. it'll fly over and then it'll just like swoop down and go across the whole party and go inside the house uh now like that's a lot easier for like a lot of directors to do instead of just him when he did like moulin rouge and stuff mm-hmm. like that so it just seemed like him being like check this shit out and then putting on like suit well, and tie. I think Moulin Rouge <laughs> was different because the CGI had a different look to it. It kind of looked like like cardboard cutouts kind of. Yeah, it, it yeah, the spacing of it looked like it was meant like a 3D movie but in 2D. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, kind of well, like were a different, puppet show. Yeah, there were layers deal. of space. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Um anyway, one last little movie I saw. It's called Let It Snow. 4 minutes and 58 seconds. <laughs> It's a Netflix original Christmas movie, and it is one of the worst movies I've seen this year. It was truly horrible, and also the perfect thing to watch 
early, uh, kind of late morning lounging around the day after eating a lot of Thanksgiving. A snowstorm hits a small Midwestern town on Christmas Eve, bringing together a group of high school students. They soon find their friendships and love lives colliding. And and Christmas morning, there's a typo in the description of the movie. <laughs> Nothing will be the same. On oh, what? On on Wikipedia? Uh, just on Google. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, this movie sucks. Um, it's I, I didn't watch it because I I'm my specific taste for these bad movies is the ones that are very hetero- heteronormative and like borderline offensive. Yeah, there is some some woke casting going on here. Shamik Moore is in this movie. Miles Morales himself. Hey. Good for him. Yeah, no, he got a uh, he got some. So work. this is is this a Netflix movie? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Netflix at this point has a full monopoly on this type of uh, of movies. Later this this year slash month, we're getting uh, the Night Before Christmas hey. starring Vanessa Hudgens. Mm. Um, she we watched her first one, or maybe this that is the no, that's the it's out. I've seen it. Oh, it's great. Out. Yeah. If I, you know, if we're just talking about these movies, <laughs> I actually about- have things to talk about in that case. I'll tell you that much. Uh, so recommend it highly or? It's, it's bad. I would not watch it unless you know you're going into a truly bad movie. Um, I did want to shout out uh, Joan Cusack, who has a, a, a little role in there. It's a really terrible part, but I hope that she got some good money out of it. I love Joan. I, I love her. I fucking love yeah. Joni. Um, also, it was shot by a guy named Jeff Cutter, because the movie looks good. Like, it, it's it's a terrible movie, but it's, like, well shot. You know, it's, like, well lit, well composed. So it was a little jarring. The dude shot 10 Cloverfield Lane. Oh. Yeah. Here, so here's he, your director. Oh, boy. This man. Uh, uh, yeah, looking at a kind of like a. Oh, um, boy. It's like, like he's Robert a, Eggers on meth. He's, like, auditioning <laughs> for a mugshot. <laughs> Luke Snealin. Snealin. <laughs> anyway, Snealin. that's what I've been watching. Five <laughs> minutes. Ernest, did you want me to send that email to D. Lindelof? Headline, wow, exclamation point, parentheses, R-E, blue, penis, and parentheses. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and send it. Send it tonight at three in the morning. Sending. <laughs> now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Dr. Manhattan, I went to a little island called Manhattan today. Was there a giant well, squid? Was, it was a giant squid. Oh, yeah. Um, is it probably seen in the news by now? There was a giant squid in Manhattan. You are bleeding um, a lot. So I, you had a psychic blast. I was a Jehovah's Witness, and I just saw, I witnessed some crazy shit. Um, so I went to New York this past weekend, uh, took a long vacay to new york on my flight there uh checked out um inside lewin davis for the first time never checked that out before love that movie good movie um i liked it a lot and then uh to prepare myself for the noah Wait, can, I, can i ask you a quick question what do you think about the music i like it i thought the music was actually one of the best parts of the movie yeah, the it, music kind of propels inside lewin davis yeah it, there's a couple songs in there that uh, I'm just like, oh, I love it. I want, I want it on vinyl. It's yeah. so good. Um, and then after that, because I still had some time left, I watched a movie to prepare me for the true New York life, and that was Francis Ha, mm-hmm. um, which is a masterpiece and probably the greatest New York movie ever. So is Adam and Driver's I, character in Inside they're the Lone same Davis guy. the same guy in Francis Ha? Yeah, and yeah. they're the same guy in Marriage Story, too. Outer space. Outer <laughs> space. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> have you get, have you ever seen Inside Llewyn Davis, Drew? No, but that all made sense <laughs> yeah, to me. Yeah, you get it. <laughs> a lot. It's folk music, <laughs> you know. Um, so, got to New York City. Uh, dear God, do I love this city so much. Mm-hmm. Um, every time I go, I never want to leave. I, uh, I saw a couple different uh, Broadway plays. We're talking theater this week on the podcast. Um, first one I saw Thursday night, uh, Night That I Flew In, was a movie that got a ton of buzz at the Tonys this year, and that is Hades Town. Yeah, it um, won like the big. It won, I think, eight Tonys oh, or something shit. like that. It's cleaned the fuck up. Um, maybe it was six or I, I don't know. It won a lot of Tonys though. Um, but yeah, I uh, really enjoyed it. 
uh, for those of you who don't know, which is 99% of people, um, it tells the stories of Odysse- Odysseus and um, Eur- Jesus Christ, I can't Persephone. even speak. Orpheus and Eurydice. Oh, yeah. Um, which, uh, if you guys aren't familiar with the uh, old Greek tale, it's a Greek tragedy about a man, Orpheus, who falls in love with this woman, and uh, she dies, and so he ventures down into hell to see Hades, and Hades is won over uh, by Orpheus and says, you can take her back to to you, but you have to travel down this dark hallway, and you can never look back. And the whole tragedy of it is they get right there to as soon as he can see the light, and at as soon as that he's there, he turns around to make sure that your DC is still there, and she disappears and venture, dies, and goes to hell forever. Oh um, man! It was a really great play. They have like this kind of New Orleans jazz style music. Um, it's very modernized, very diverse cast. Um, I was really uh, won over by the music. I didn't really know anything about it. I mean, I knew the classic Orpheus tale just from old drama classes like decades ago but i i highly recommend it if you're going to be venturing to broadway anytime soon definitely check it out it's Um, uh it's staying there for a while right yeah it's uh (laughs) it's gonna be staying there for a while unlike uh another uh broadway show which i checked out and that was beetlejuice on broadway man i I'm so pissed about this. So I just to give a little summation of the show itself. Um, it is a comedy. It takes the premise of the movie Beetlejuice, the classic Dur- Tim Burton film, and uh, kind of puts this modern twist on it. It has a, also a little bit of elements. If you ever watch the Beetlejuice television series, the animated no. show, <laughs> oh, um, the animated, yeah, 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 it has like a little bit of elements of that. Of kind of like by the end of everything, there's a buddy comedy kind of affectation to it all this was fucking great uh alex brightman plays beetlejuice and it was probably one of the best performances i've ever seen i've been to a number of broadway shows right now and he is electric whenever he's on the theater like on i almost said on the screen but whenever he's out there it is you are so enveloped in everything that he's doing um it has for other theater people out there, a little bit of kind of a Godspell uh, affectation to it in that the comedy of it is something that can always be updated to keep it fresh because there's lots of like topical, yeah, almost meta type jokes, riffs that happen up there on the stage. Really is hilarious. Um, it's the funniest thing that I've ever seen on Broadway. Um, I really, really highly recommend it. Unfortunately, um, it actually just came up in the news, I think, as of yesterday that uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. So on Monday, it was announced that uh, this is going to be leaving Broadway for Hugh Jackman's The Music Man, Woo! which was advertised everywhere. And I get it. Hugh Jackman, he sells tickets and everything. He's but The Music Man has been done uh, for the last hundred years. Um, and this is a very original play. The reason why this is being taken off is... Before uh, Alex Brightman won the Tony for Best Actor, the tickets weren't doing, they weren't selling out shows. And in order to stay on Broadway, you pretty much have to sell out every one of your shows. So yeah. dumb. Even though is, tickets are like a million fucking dollars. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's really sad. Uh, so if yeah, you are, that, I'm glad you got to see it. If you are staying on Broadway, the original cast is still there. Um, they're staying there until June 1st. Like I said, Alex Brightman is amazing. Um, the girl who played Lydia, I'm blanking her name because we actually had an understudy uh, come in. I should have brought my playbill with me because now I, her name is lost forever. Um, <laughs> she was incredible. She's 16 years old and wow. just owned it. Uh, there's a song in uh, Beetlejuice called uh, Creepy Old Guy, which is it's it's really funny, but also it's just this like 35-year-old dude, which by the way, uh, Alex Brightman also played Dewey Finn in School of Rock. 
on Broadway. Nice, nice. Um, and he kind of has this. That's the Jack Black. He part. looks. Yeah. He looks more like Jack Black. He does. Yeah. He. <laughs> you can see it, and anytime you see him perform, you're like, oh yeah, this yeah. is kind of the perfect guy for um, that. And you know what? What you were just saying about the role made me think. How much do you want to bet that for the original movie, the first person they call was Robin Williams? Don't you think? Yeah, I. It's like a guarantee for the it's, movie. Yeah, a fast talking riffer. That's the guy you call. And then well, I googled it and it said, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could say, I, I mean, I love Michael Keaton. That's why I was kind of like, "All right, I, I wonder what they're gonna do with this performance because I really love Michael Keaton and, um, uh, just I love that whole cast, of the classic movie. I mean, it's kind of iconic. Great Alec Baldwin, like kind of stud hunky Hot Alec Baldwin. Baldwin. Yeah, bro. hunky Baldwin. Damn. Um, yeah, I. Definitely recommend that. Hades Town is going to be there for a while. That movie, uh, that play is just, it's a lot. And also, I did want, one other thing I wanted to throw out there about Hades Town is it's kind of hard to do a modern take on a classic tale and do it well. Um, but the way that it is uh, presented is Hades is kind of presented as this almost Trump like figure. Uh, this has been a play that's been written since pre-Trump getting elected, uh, but just kind of this very conservative. The whole thing with like hell is pretty much you go there and you work at this like factory and build a wall. There's a couple of songs in there that are really, really powerful, and I wanted to find the guy's name. Uh, let me just vamp here for a minute. Oh, uh. David Simons, um, he who plays Hades, he sings at the octave below bass. Nice. So Whoa. his voice like reverberates Whoa. your soul That's whenever baller. he sings. And uh, Ben Mastick, Ben Matchstick, uh, is the oldest person on Broadway. Eighty-four-year-old black dude plays Hermes, nice. who's like pretty much the narrator of this whole thing, and he's just out there jiving around to this classic, this so very New going, Orleans jazz they're going sound. Like full. A Greek myth here. Yeah, very. You remember all the black people that existed in twelve hundreds <laughs> Renaissance Europe? Anyone with the last name Matchstick is like three hundred years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, gotta love classic Matchstick. I, I um, now it's all Ben Vape. Ooh. I did want to. <laughs> I wanted. Good. I wanted to take a, a quick opportunity to shout out a movie that's on the Criterion Channel mm. called Black Orpheus. It's a classic film from the seventies. Uh, shot. It's a Brazilian movie, so it's shot in Brazil, and it's a take on this story, oh, but told okay. through the lens of Carnival in Rio. So it's oh. it's a Brazilian people in Brazil in Carnival in this Brazilian culture, but playing out the the same plot points of the Orpheus Eurydice tale. Similar deal. I really want to check that out now because that's, I mean, especially after seeing Hades Town, it is, I mean, like you said, the Orpheus and Eurydice, uh, Eurydice tale is, it has so much there meat on the bones for you to put your own twists and turns on it. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the some of the video content that came out for um, Arcade Fire's Reflector. Yeah. Hey, see Orpheus. Some... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because that's like a part of the narrative of that album. They took parts of the film of Black Orpheus and incorporated in some of their, their uh, I guess it was a music video or some sort of content for their their uh album so that's how i found out about it and it wasn't until recently that i was like oh shit it's on the criterion collection uh yeah i'm interested by that after uh, i saw beetlejuice on broadway i actually went to it's a place a bar in uh lower manhattan in the east village uh called beetle house um where it's an entirely tim burton themed bar and since it's christmas time it's all like nightmare before it's a lot of nightmare before christmas stuff in there it's funny because it's kind of this hole-in-the-wall bar. It's really small in there, Any, but it is yeah. jam-packed with so much Tim Burton shit. It's like, it's cash-only in there. Like, it's shouldn't be... I don't think that they anticipated that it would be as popular as it ended up becoming. No, uh, pop-up bars are the hot new thing, and if it's like a permanent Tim Burton bar, then even yeah. better. It's been around now for, like, yeah. a while, and it was popping when we were in there, so obviously they're doing good yeah. business. Yeah, because for, for years there have been... Now there's a couple uh, Saved by the Bell-themed restaurants 
where you go in and it's the diner that they went to. That's dope. And yeah. it's always I'd, I've I've read about it and it's always like you described where like it looks like shit on the outside and you go in and it's like a different world. Well, and people that especially if you're in a place like New York, people who are in town are like, I want to go there. It's not like you. I bet you don't get a ton of repeat customers. Also, because the drinks are very expensive in a place like that. What kind of theme drink did you, you get? want to get? I had a. Oh, it wasn't. I think it was a big fish drink or oh, something. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was pretty dope. It was like in a little fish did bowl. It have a it was, little ring at the bottom. Uh, it was cool. They use a uh, liquid nitro or liquid ice or what do you call nice. it? Uh, the the ice that smokes up. Liquid, yeah. 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 Liquid nitrogen. Whatever. Yeah. Liquid dry nitrogen. Ice. Dry, dry ice. ice. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're all physics the guys liquid, here on li- the podcast. Liquid ice. <laughs> water. <laughs> it's water. They put water in it. You got they a water. water it down. You ordered a water. <laughs> water. <laughs> it was $24 for a glass of, those a glass of water with no, no ice. Um, a couple other shout outs there. Movies or anything, but uh saw the museum of natural history. So I got to see Noah Bombax, the squid and the whale in person. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a good, good, that, good that, museum. That museum um, needs some fucking work. It is. Uh, some parts of it yeah, are in shambles. We were only there for like two hours and I was like, I've been there before and I was trying to kind of hit the highlights because we were on a time crunch yeah. we also uh snuck in because it turns out you can just take the subway exit and then just that's walk right. past everyone and we yeah. just didn't pay for a ticket well i don't think that's technically sneaking in i think it's just free well so the it's funny wherever you go into that place uh because a lot of museums like want. the smithsonian is just completely free but places like that they have recommended pricing yeah, pricing exactly. so they say it's recommended that's 23 dollars for a ticket but you can just be like... It's recommended that I'm going to walk in. <laughs> yeah, I actually kind of wanted to buy a ticket because I was like, I want to support... Like, yeah, I want, they need the I help. want kids to go to museums. Yeah, and they not... kinda, they're like, look at this shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. They rig like a bone I... to fall off the dinosaur <laughs> <Yeah>. skeleton. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a cool museum if you're ever there. I also, uh, for the first time, because it wasn't built yet last time I went to New York, uh, went to the One World Tower. Have you guys had a chance to go there? I've been to it but i didn't go in yeah same I, I last year i definitely saw it i was right there um yeah we uh we went there uh we were in battery park like i said and uh one world is kind of on the lower part of manhattan island and uh walked around the 9-11 memorial and everything which that's is intense it's we yeah. didn't have time to do the museum unfortunately i went to the pop-up museum that well, they had before they opened out there, but where the towers used to be it is like probably the most powerful thing like just being in a place like that and i mean there's people who are there and shouts out to them that every day they'll go around if it's like your birthday they put a rose out on your name and everything else like that and it's really beautiful everything they have set up there um and then going up in the one world tower like i'm not fucking tall i'm not it's it's a quarter mile high it's massive it's a quarter mile high it's 1776 feet it's yeah it's uh one of those things that i mean i'm not like a hoorah patriotic person but like god damn it i just went there and was kind of just like fuck yeah america that Mm -hmm. like we had the twin towers the world trade center fall down it was like what's the most american thing we can do we're gonna build a new tower it's gonna be even fucking bigger like that was like it was it really is an emotional thing there and i i highly recommend it the presentation that they have uh whenever you go up there is it really like it brought me to tears kind of going up there they have this whole like presentation that they show you and you can see the towers and everything come down and they open up the screen towers well they don't they don't exactly show it like that but there's like a thing wherever you go up in the elevator you see the towers there and it it's as time tracks by and then 2002 the towers just disappear and then you go there and you watch this little thing and then the screen that you're watching on opens up and you just overlook out into like see the entire city below you it is it's very powerful um Highly, highly recommend it. Uh, if you're going to New York, it's it's a great city. Um, yeah. What uh? What's what's the time at? What are we looking at? Do I have a, uh, you two got, minutes to yeah. hit a couple things? Yeah, you got a couple okay. minutes. Um, couple other things that I saw this week. Uh, 1917. I briefly touched on. It's kind of a masterpiece, at least of cinematography. Um, 
We won't see this, it until January, I believe. Yeah, it goes. It's coming out on Christmas Day for some people. It doesn't go completely wide until the first week of January. Uh, I think I made the joke about that. This has the potential to be the greatest January movie of all time because Maybe. I, if it doesn't technically go wide until January, um, and there's nothing else, playing. there's nothing yeah. else that's there. This is going to be like the dad movie of the winter season. Yeah, uh, really strong war movie. I have i mean we can it doesn't exactly have the best characters in the world but that's not really the point of the movie same as um this is kind of sam mendy's comeback yeah there's dunkirk yeah very much dunkirk vibes it's dunkirk meets a lot of saving private ryan aspects to it yeah yeah but uh yeah it's it has a lot of these affectations to it that are really very intense um it's i i think i described it to the person who asked me for my feedback after it i said it was birdman meets dunkirk meets saving private ryan <laughs> yeah. so if that was, sounds like, oh. interesting to you she's like tell me about your podcast yeah. <laughs> i was like well i'll have my full thoughts on this week's episode of we bought a mic so i guess yeah. you gotta listen in beth um <laughs> my mom God, fucking beth. her name was rebecca I, I don't know um so yeah i I don't even know how much I can legally say about it, but it's good. Um, they're coming after you. Yeah, they're coming. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> very briefly, I'll close on this. Um, the box office hit of the year. Uh, yeah, nobody's... We haven't talked about this Playmobil yet. the movie. <laughs> Woo! It got $60,000 and like some spare change this weekend. Um, no, I saw Frozen 2 this weekend. Um Actually, just yesterday, I saw Frozen 2 as, like, a nice little date night movie. Um, it's fine. Uh, $338 million domestic. Yeah, worldwide, isn't it over a bill? Or it's, it's, about, close? it's about to get there. Yeah, it's, it's $924 million. It's I know it's already becoming... I think that's already in the top 10 Japanese movies of all time or that's something crazy insane. like Playmobil? that. Yeah, Playmobil. It's also great, um, right? Yeah, it's a, Playmobil. Just it's a Criterion Channel exclusive. Yeah, well, it's the, yeah, it's it the just first went ever straight movie to that Crate. Crate that's why. Made. That's why it didn't make any money because it's like yeah. twelve people own the service. Um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> Frozen Two. I do you guys like the first Frozen movie? Yeah, yeah, solid movie. I like it. Um, I just I you know I felt like I was the wrong age for it, but I I'm sure that I would have liked it. You know what? I will say uh, I was. I was digging through my old movie notes, um, trying to find my thoughts of Wolf of Wall Street from when I first saw that, and I found those, and I also found my thoughts of the original, or not thoughts, but I found this other note uh, that said, I hope Frozen gets nominated for Best Picture. Wow. (laughs) Man, so you were were a big Frozen guy. It was like my predictions for the Oscars that year or something, and I was like, man, I really hope Frozen gets in there. This, this wasn't that I, long ago. <laughs> so I almost we almost saw Frozen on in the Times Square in the big ass AMC theater there, but uh, instead we decided to just kind of dick around the last day and not have to worry about rushing before we got on the plane. Um, but since I was there in Christmas time, they had the big Rockefeller set up with the tree and everything, which I had never seen before, and. Uh, People who don't know, every year at Christmas time at a uh, uh, Saks on um, 49th Street or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. um, they do a big presentation light show thing. And this year, the theme was Frozen yeah. Two, the one that's projected on the buildings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I saw that like by accident one year. Yeah, I, just I stumbled. Into <laughs> we wandered up to it. I was like, "Oh, this was happening," and my sister was there, and she's just like, "Yeah, it happens every five minutes. We'll just wait around oh, for right, it to start yeah. again." <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, that was an incredible light show to see but then saw the movie itself um it's it's fine i didn't like it as much as the first one personally i know uh my girlfriend liked it a decent amount more than the first one so you know i she didn't really like the first one um she just kind of liked the characters a little bit more and liked that it was more established of a storyline um it's kind of there's a whole bunch of different stuff there's like there's four elements that are fighting, and they have to uncover what the fifth element is. And I, there's a bunch of like nonsense is, is it like a that. Love? Um, <laughs> no, that's honestly I, that's well, like half chance that that's right. Well, that actually could have been it. No, I um, 
I really like the first one because I thought that it was very clever how it's kind of flips the classical uh like women are just there to advance a men's storyline and you have to like fall in love with a man in order to advance your story it's about sisterhood and it's about sisterhood and i really appreciate that and i kind of liked how christoph is just nothing in the first movie because in any other classic movie that would be the woman's role is just this throwaway part mm-hmm. that in this movie at least it goes to a man i guess it it's, I got uh, kind of it's annoyed the dude from Mindhunter. Yeah, it's Jonathan Groff. Yeah, um, I got kind of. It didn't work as well for me seeing the same thing happening again. Um, there is a Kristoff sequence, a song sequence in this movie that I truly hated. Mm. Um, Does he they, fuck the movie? They shoot. No, it's worse than that. Um, oh my, a lot. So no, <laughs> no. They they shoot it as it's meant to be like a comedy thing. It's him singing with other reindeer that are singing, and it's oh, shot I'm in the sorry, style reindeer. It's shot in the style of the moose. Yeah, fuck you. Um, <laughs> it's shot in the style of like a boys to men music video. Oh, and it's mo- supposed to be played for last, but then it's like a four and a half minute long song, mm. and it's not very good. And I did not like that. Um, on the bright side, "Into the Unknown" is actually a good song uh, in the movie when Adina Manzella is singing it because Adina Manzella is a fucking goddess, yeah. so she can do whatever. Um, Run me over with a freaking train, yeah. Adina. <laughs> Run me over with your freaking voice, what Adina. Did, what did Travolta call her? It was iconic. Uh, Adele Dazim. Adele Dazim. <laughs> <laughs> I never forget. I rewatched that the other day, and I ended up watching it like fifty times. <laughs> um, I, one thing I will say about Frozen Two: it genuinely has more sponsored branding stuff than I've ever seen in terms of like I. It's on my bread. It's it's kind the, of funny. The logo is on my not on my slices of bread, but it's Do on you the freeze your well, bread. <laughs> Ew, gross. I bought some frozen bread. No, the. The Nature Valley honey wheat bread has Frozen 2 on it. No, it's kind of crazy that, like, Disney went all in on the Frozen 2 marketing, and there's still, like, no Baby Yodas anywhere. Granted, I will say, very cute fire salamander in Frozen 2. Very cute. Very cute. Allison did like the salamander. She didn't love the movie, but she liked a good... You know, she liked parts of it. Yeah. I think think that there are. There are some really good parts to the movie. I also just think that there are some bad parts, too. Uh, Much like a lot of kids' movies. I mean, I'm not the market audience for this fucking movie, so I'm not going to be overly critical of it. A lot of people like it, it, and that's okay. Wait, so you're saying you don't sing Let It Go in an Elsa costume every day when you wake up? Is that just me? Into the unknown! (laughs) Woo! Um... Yeah, it's a it's it's a fine movie. Check it out whenever you want to. Uh, it's not like a bad <laughs> It'll time. It'll be on Disney Plus. It'll so. be on Disney Plus in like a couple months. Check um, it out. If you have kids, they might like it. I don't know. That's a big get for for DP. <laughs> DP. I. That's what we're calling it. <laughs> yeah, we're um, calling that DP. It, yeah, that's going to be a big thing. That where the parents are like, "All right, fucking fine. Like, I'll get it. I'll it get already the- is that with the first movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're like, "Yeah, I'll get the trial so you can watch Frozen Two without having to pay for movie tickets, and then they just get charged like I did." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now I got it free with Verizon. Thanks, Verizon. Oh, fuck free yeah, whole man. year. Not bad, man. We saved our sponsors for, yeah. just right for the very end, didn't we? You're still yeah. not. You're not going to watch Mando. Um, no, Mando. Not. I'm just like I know that it's good. Like, I have it on yeah, actual good sources. Like, unlike most of the other Star Wars stuff, I have, like, consistently good sources telling me that it's good. I just don't care to uh, spend any more of my life watching any Star Wars stuff. Fair well, enough. Well, guess what? You're going to do it here on the podcast later this yeah. month. So. so, it's time for me to talk about Santa Girl. <laughs> no, no that'll, that's going to be a whole episode. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm sure it My will. sister agreed yeah, to go deep. I'm so excited Santa for Girl. that. If we still have, like, a good 45 minutes, I can give my ratings of all New York pizza joints. I ate it all 785 oh, of them. All of the so. Sparrows? How was Joe's? <laughs> all the Sparrows. <laughs> I ate at Joe's. I ate at Joey's. That's true. I ate at a Joe's pizza and I ate at Joey's pizza. Tony's. They're all named Tony. It's not a real pizza joint unless it has a a framed picture of Danny Aiello eating there. (laughs) There there was a picture of Danny Aiello. Well, specifically (laughs) in uh, Joe's pizza, which you might know is the pizza joint that Peter Parker works at in Spider-Man 2. Pizza time. Yeah, I actually went into the place where there is a scene that's shot in there. Um... It was popping, but it was dope. There's like a pictures the of like right next, a thousand celebrities that it's are the on the one walls. right next to the IFC Center, right? 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's the one I was saying that the line is always like out the door. Yeah, I think the that block. there's actually a couple Joe's pizzas on the island, but really, that was the one that I went to. You can't go wrong with New York pizza. Really? If I'm going to be so honest. So, good. so here's the thing. Joey's got the best crust, <laughs> but Joe's, they got the best sauce and the best it's cheese. So, it's the water. <laughs> it's the it's that Brooklyn. I had some Brooklyn water bagels. God, I, I had some bagels and locks. Brook, that's why I'm going to move to New York is for the bagels. The bagels the are water. out um, of this goddamn It's in the water. Especially, like, if you go to the right place, it's, like, $4 for a bagel and lox, and they put, like, a pound of fucking salmon on your bagel. Yeah. Oh, and all the, it's and so the cream good. cheese is all, like, made in store. Mm. It's beautiful, So man. when, when Francis Hines have like 12, eating that bagel, that's, like, that's the shit right They have, there. like, 12 different types of cream cheese. That's how you know it's good, is if they have, like, a selection of cream cheese that you can choose yeah, and from. It, yeah, it looks like ice cream in buckets, <laughs> and you can, like, look at them. It's labeled <laughs> oh I, just, I, I was just like, I've can I get had. two scoops of the cream <laughs> cheese that you have yeah i was gonna say though that the pizza joint by the comedy cellar that pops up in the louis opening credits that used to be like the spot mm. i was like man we gotta go there so and now it's like man don't even look at it <laughs> so i uh i i'm don't glad you that even... you said that i'll make this like real quick but i did go to my first comedy show in uh, new oh. york city oh yeah J- uh, janine garofalo i saw janine garofalo she was she incredible bomb? she was everything she bombed but that's She's, the thing yeah. about her is that it's like that was her whole shtick in the 90s yeah. but it's was... genius the yeah. way that she bombed because she's still like belly laugh hilarious while she's bombing on there which is Something that you don't even think about being a skill, but it is amazing. Um, couple other people to shout out: uh, Nikki Glazer. I saw there. Nikki I Glazer had never. Is, she's my one of my top five comedians working today. She's I had never heard of her. She wasn't even on the list. She was just a random person that just popped up there. What was the club? Um, it was at the Stand, which is a new That's New York. That's the same one I went to. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I know went, it's it's a newer place. Went there like two years ago, probably. Yeah, you gotta look up any Glazer late night set or roast on, on Comedy Central. She is a fucking home run hitter. She needs to be very famous like today. I she was amazing. Um, there's a f- couple other people. Unfortunately, I'm looking at Twitter handles, so it's not the best indication of it. But uh, um, Jim Florentine was there, uh, who's like kind of a classic journeyman. He was on like Cranky Anchors, and I, I think he was in Trainwreck. Um, if you like, look about you might I believe it. Him. Uh, Marina Franklin was really good. Uh, there's a couple people on there that were that were really good, but I mean, Nikki Glazer and Janine Garofalo were definitely a couple of the highlights that There's... loved them. It was nice. Also, uh, four of the five comedians were women, like older women too. Go. So shout out. There's to them. this new uh, up and comer named uh, Pete Holmes in hey. the stand up scene. Heard of him? Um, he makes the rounds. Not nope. familiar. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Let me guess. He has a fucking podcast. Yes. Yes. Uh, Everyone's got a podcast. All right. Well, that's enough for this podcast. Thanks for listening to We Bought a Mic. Follow us at We Bought a Mic on social media and email us at WeBoughtAMike at gmail.com. Please read and review us. Tell your friends. Share it with everyone. And listen to our review of Marriage Story. Uh, I'm going to have to tap out before that. These talkies, like, I'm going to either shit or puke. Or both. Both. At the on, same on time. Mic. On pod. Guess what? Did That's what I did cord? while watching Marriage Story. <laughs> That's what the people pay for. That's our our, yeah. our premium subscribers right we there. Should get, we should just get like a little toilet in here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got... Uh, what what do the listeners have to look forward to? We got Star Wars, Cats, Uncut Gems, uh, Little Women. albums of the decade That's next right. week. Yes. We're dipping into Listomania a little early. With best albums of the decade, because we can't fucking help ourselves, and we're ready to talk about it. I'm a little hint for you guys. Cat soundtrack might be making an appearance on my list. Uh oh. Yeah. Also, Renner number one. Oh, well, yeah. Believer. Wait. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Bye.